0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Bokeh Town Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Guayceros. And I'm your co-host, Jonathan Orozco. And on today's episode, we have a special guest all the way from Massachusetts. Um, what Did we decide on going... <laughs> did we decide on Tom or Thomas? <laughs> Tom, Tom. Keep Tom. It Tom
1: Tom, is fine.
0: Well, if you want, you can go ahead and introduce yourself, since I kind of already messed up your introduction. Sure. To Sorry about that.
1: <laughs> sure. My name is Tom Vargelletis. I own and operate my own real estate photography business out here in Massachusetts.
0: So, um, so I was listening to your podcast. Um, how did you go from being a realtor all the way to become a photographer, a real estate
1: photographer? Uh, that's a that's a great question. So, yes, I do run a podcast about real estate photography. Um, I made the switch officially, like to be in business for myself, do real estate photography as a business, uh, like three years ago and change. Mm -hmm. I had been practicing real estate photography a bit before that because I was a real estate agent Mm. and I had a couple bad experiences, not like real bad, but negative enough with local real estate photographers for me as the listing agent to say, you know, I can do that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, took me a couple years. Took me a couple years of, of like practice and buying stuff and training to figure it out. But uh, once I did, and I started taking photos for my own listings, I started getting. Um, so one year, at my best year ever, I think, for listings, I listed like fifteen properties across the state of Massachusetts. I'm one of those people that will drive for no reason at all and make no money doing it. But I had, you know, a ton of exposure of buyers, agents and other listing agents that would see the photos and call me up and they'd ask me, Hey, who's your guy who did those photos? Mm -hmm. Uh, so, you know, I tell them it was me and one day I kind of realized that I had something. So, um, yeah, it was like three years and change. I decided I'm going to go into business with real estate photography Mm -hmm. Um, and it just took really a couple of months before I started to replace my other sources of income. Yeah. And right now, that's my main source, right, is real estate photography. It's real estate.
0: Wow. And
1: um, yeah, like- Almost only real estate photography. Almost, wow. Barely do anything else, yeah.
0: That's crazy. And like, so you don't even like have any interest in photography growing up or like, like how did you like, oh.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it, yeah, it wasn't one of those deals where- I was born with a camera in my hand or anything like that. (sighs) Um, I have throughout my life had a passion for business. I've always wanted to be in business for myself. Um, Even since I was a teenager, I always try to sell things and make things. And, you know, it never really worked out. Even in my adult life, all these businesses that I tried and failed, um, there's like, there's so many, and some of them are big failures or small, but eventually, you know, when I realized that this photography that I was doing really well at it, like I could produce good quality images, mm-hmm. um, I gave it a shot and it just kind of took off a life of its own. That's
0: crazy. And like, um, what is exactly the criteria to become a real estate photographer? Is there a lot behind it? Like, do you need to have like certain know how Yes and no.
1: I mean, you need to know your way around a camera and you need to... Uh, understand photography you need to understand the basics you know you have to know how to get a good exposure Mm -hmm. and there's if you want to create a certain level of quality like you could go through and you could do two or three frame HDR or you could do you know single flash photos and you could make something that kind of looks okay Um, but if you really want to take it to the next level you have to also know Photoshop and Lightroom really well or at least have a competent editor that you can outsource your editing to. Uh, We can get into that later. Like I have an editor now, but that's more for time. Um, So yeah, you you don't need to be the best photographer in the world. In fact, you don't need to be the best photographer in your area if you want to do real estate. It's one of these wonderful things where um, real estate is being listed and sold pretty much year-round across the whole country. So any photographer could get into real estate You know, like, like I'll, I'll talk to you in my podcast in my audience, I'll have people that are wedding photographers. Okay. Hit me up on Instagram and say, yeah, this is great. I'm my weddings are on weekends to add some extra income. It's just a great way. Even if it's not your main source, it's a great way to add some more dollars to your bottom line. Or you could do like me and just make it your whole thing.
0: Okay. And, uh, like when you first started, like, did you just use like a point and shoot camera or like, did you like, is there like a certain like thing you're looking for in a camera? So actually
1: the, the, when I said, okay, it's time to officially go into business, the first camera that I ever bought, and I still have it today, it's actually my studio camera. I don't take it out anymore. It's a Panasonic GH4. Okay. I use it for stills and for video to keep the kits kind of condensed. And uh, we can get into why specifically I'm using a GH4 if you, if yeah, you want go for to, it. Yeah. that's not we the best camera. We have all the camera. time in the world for you. Yeah. 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 GH4, it's not the best camera that's ever been made. <laughs> Um, it's a good camera, but it was brand new in 2014, I think. And it wasn't even the best hybrid camera you could get in 2014. You know, there's, there's much higher level if you wanted to do stills and, and, and video. But with real estate, uh, you're in this really interesting situation where you want the really wide depth of field. So micro four-thirds sensors are actually kind of good for you in that sense. You can, ha- you can have your lens wide open at, you know, f2 or whatever. Yeah. Your your lens can go and and everything from the tripod to the back corners of the room is in focus. Okay, uh, you know on full frame you'd have to be at like f eight mm-hmm. or something. Uh, so thanks to that you can have higher shutter speeds, which means you know you can get pretty decent low light performance out of it, even though it's pretty notorious for not being good in low light. Um, that's only if you have to rely on uh, on setting a high ISO. Um, if you use a tripod, which we do, it's all. Long exposures. Okay. So there'll be some rooms where the exposure will be two or three seconds if it's really dark. Um, GH4 is also really cheap. I buy almost all of my equipment used. Okay. uh, Not because I can't afford anything else. It's because I like to keep my money in the bank when I can. (laughs) And I really only need to do, I only need equipment that can do the job that I need to do, right? I'm not shooting sports. I'm not. You know, doing political events or weddings, I don't need the super high performance camera. The work pace is kind of slower for real estate. You can take your time to set up shops. I mean, we like to move fast, but um, for all the GH4's faults, we basically never run into them um, because it does exactly what we need it to do. And the uh, image resolution is also not great. People will say, well, GH4 isn't that only 12 megapixels or 16 megapixels, whatever it is." Yeah. And it's true, it is. It's a really small resolution. However, with real estate, we don't need to crop ever, almost mm-hmm. never. I mean, sometimes we will do a little crop if, like, the layers in Photoshop don't perfectly line up mm-hmm. by a couple pixels. But when you're shooting real estate, you're run-of-the-mill real estate, not architectural photography. That's a whole other that's a whole other game. But your standard run of the mill MLS listing, uh, we even down res those files to 2,000 pixels on the long edge because they're just going, they're just being used on the web. Mm, Okay. People aren't really printing them. We do sell prints, uh, not huge, enormous prints, but we sell prints for like closing gifts and stuff. Yeah. Uh, And the GH4 performs great. Mm -hmm. We've shot, I've shot like personally with a GH4 in my hands, I've shot everything from like $30,000 mobile homes to um there's even a few things on my instagram of a nine million dollar ten thousand square foot beautiful ancient uh, uh it's a vic- old victorian house okay uh and i did all the photos with the with
0: the gh4 you know,
1: gh4 oh four. yeah
0: and um i have a question when yeah, you want like, <clears> to <throat> sorry when you want to shoot um what are like the shots that you take for a listing i guess or what are the main sure shots? so
1: i don't really have i don't have like anything set in stone but i i, I don't know i guess i kind of do i find that even though i'm not following like a checklist i tend to take the same kind of shots i like to get a few single points in the kitchen if i can like especially one over the sink and the window above the sink because usually people spend a lot of time there um i'm usually shooting from corner to corner so i'm Putting the camera, the tripod, in a corner, and then I'm pointing towards the other corner of the room. Usually not dead centered. I'll be skewed to the left or to the right, depending on what's the most interesting of the room uh, feature of the room. If there's windows and um, and a door to a closet, like close to one side, you know I'll be looking over there. Um, and then I'll, you know, two two photos per bedroom. Usually two a depending on how tight things are, uh, three or four in most of the living rooms. And then you end up with like somewhere between thirty-five and fifty images per listing on average, you know, some way more like the $9 million listing. We ended up with like a lot, maybe a hundred, I think. And then your mobile homes or like your two bedroom condos near Boston or one bedroom condos, you're going to end up with like 15. So it, it kind of depends on the listing, but you know, usually I just think about when I'm taking real estate photos I'm thinking about how you would live in that house, what rooms would be most important and where you would be spending most of your time. And then I try to show those spaces as, as well as I possibly can.
0: Okay. What's a turnaround on like one shoot for a
1: turnaround time needs to be pretty quick. So some real estate photographers will, will, will be within a few days. Um, We turn everything around within 24 hours Uh, Like earlier, I mentioned I have an editor for Time. So I hired and trained um, an in-house staff member to just do editing. And, you know, my photographers go out, they do the photo shoots, and they upload them to our cloud, the editor. All he does all day edits real estate images. Uh, So, yeah, within like 12 to 24 hours, we're getting every single photo edited and out the door.
0: Oh, shit. That's a super quick turnaround Mm -hmm. time. Yeah um
1: yeah yeah it's a good system do you
0: ever use artificial light in your photography or is it all just like oh we just use
1: always 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 yeah we because we shoot we'll do like five or six photo shoots a day usually um some days even more and on those days even i have to jump in and start taking some photos um and because we shoot all year all day uh we have to control the light as much as we can we can't just say, well, you know, the light's really harsh right now. Let's wait for some clouds to come in over the sun. Mm. Um, once we get there, we start taking photos. We don't wait. We'll even go, if it's if it's light rain, a little bit of snow, That's that won't stop us. Uh, but because we used a flash in all of our interiors, uh, we're able to compensate for that. We can even do photo shoots like later on in the day where it's blue or just dark outside by... Um, flagging off all sources of lights other Mm -hmm. windows and doing long exposures to make it look Uh brighter outside Mm -hmm. um but yeah even on those we'll still fill the room with flash
0: what's like the uh the trickiest like photo shoot you've ever had
1: trickiest photo shoot um that's a good question i mean there's all different kinds of tricky the probably the most difficult situation i've ever been in was um my camera battery had died and I thought I had fully recharged replacements, but I did not. Oh, shit. So I used a, I have a Osmo Pro, you know, the Osmos yeah, Osmo that DJI sure. makes. Mm-hmm. So the Osmo Pro has the Zenmuse X5 camera, whatever they call it. It's a micro four thirds camera. Yeah. Um, and I had it in my trunk. So I was like, well, I guess this is the only thing that I have batteries. So I used an Osmo Pro with my uh, whatever lens I was using at the time. It was like, allow us 7.5 to do the photo shoot. Oh, shit. That was the most difficult. Yeah, because you have to control it entirely within a phone app. Mm-hmm. And there's no manual settings on the camera. And, uh, you know, it's this weird gimbal thing. <laughs> <It> <laughs> yes. Like, it was so awkward.
0: And um, uh, go for
1: trickiest, it. most difficult. That's probably number one for me.
0: Number one, you're gonna say something, Jonathan. Oh, uh-huh. Um, and um, I was gonna ask you. So, like, is there a lot of competition in your field when it comes to real estate photography?
1: Oh yeah. Oh man, it's it's brutal. There's a ton of competition. There's a lot of like hobbyist photographers that will want to jump in and do a couple photo shoots, uh, real estate photo shoots. Um, there's a lot of wedding photographers that will try and do that during the week. Uh, but there's actually dedicated other people just like me, all they do is real estate photography. Um, I haven't really had a problem with getting business because of competition. um, Because what I've been finding is that the more real estate photographers we have, the more skilled real estate photographers we have, the uh, more likely real estate agents in the area are going to feel pressured to use professional real estate photography because it's not... okay. It's there's no there's no law that says you have to use a real estate photographer at all to do your real estate images. Mm-hmm. Um, so some agents will use like their phone, or they'll use some garbage point and shoot camera that is worse than the phone that's in their pocket for whatever reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know when when all the competing listings basically have you know high quality images, then it really matters when the agent goes to a listing presentation to even get the listing. It becomes, it's becoming more often a question that sellers will ask or a value proposition that real estate agents will use when doing their presentation, saying, I always use for every listing, professional, high-quality real estate photos. Um, and actually, to that end, we even provide them with things that they can share with future clients. Uh, okay. the branded material, I have little books and I have uh, listing websites that I make for almost all my clients. And I tell them, here, bring this up during your presentation. Show your clients how you can make their listings look. And oh, the shit. agents appreciate it. They love it. And it's basically a guaranteed callback.
0: And, like, you. How, did, how did it connect for you? For like, because I know you said you were in real estate before and then you were doing your own photography. But mm-hmm. what made
1: you make that jump
0: from action? Be like, oh, wait. I can actually make more money doing this. Well, not more money, but make enough that I can live off of this.
1: Yeah, it was it was a pretty big risk at first. Like, I didn't know how much money I could make at it, if anything at all. But I knew that I really enjoy starting and running businesses. And I knew that I had some people that were asking me. So I said, why don't I just go out and try and make a whole thing of it? Um how I did that was uh, I, and I talk about this on my podcast too. I didn't even mention like the, the podcast is all about starting and running your own real estate photography business, either yeah, from sure. scratch or if you have some business going, or maybe you're, you're like me and it's a full-time deal. I, I talk about more advanced stuff like automation, streamlining your sales yeah. process, um, you know, using other services, networking with other, other businesses. Um, so, so what I do and what I talk about in the podcast a lot is uh, doing listing, uh, not listing presentations, office presentations. I will book an appointment with a real estate office, like the whole group of agents. Usually they'll congregate for uh, like sales meetings or market updates or whatever. The office managers or the admins are always, always like to get people together for you know some sort of a training. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's a lot of incentive for them to do that. And, you know, I'll bring pizza or Panera sandwiches or something. And basically I'll show them my portfolio. I'll show them the kind of work that we do, how I can make their listings look too. show them prices and ask if anyone has a listing coming up they want to book a photo shoot for. And just about every single time, at least one person will raise their hand. So I'll do a presentation in front of 20 people. I'll usually get one deal out of that almost instantly. And then I have a I want to say pretty aggressive, but the the mental picture that might give you isn't quite right. But I have a really um, proactive follow up campaign okay. where I text, email, and we'll call these people over time that I presented to. There's 20 mm-hmm. people in there; all 20 of them are going to see some more information from me uh, in the near future. And I'm pretty good about staying on top of uh, uh, following up with people. So then you'll get even more business out of it. Um, when I started. It was just a couple months. I was doing presentations daily for like two or three weeks, and then I was doing like four, three or four a week presentations mm-hmm. for the next month, and that was it. Like it almost right away, I started to outright replace all my other sources of income just by doing that.
0: Oh, okay. What was I going to ask you? How many photographers do you have?
1: I have one full time, and I have a couple part timers that I call as needed. Oh, that's cool. I thought yeah.
0: I thought you did the the work all yourself. I don't know you had a whole team with you.
1: I did at first. At first, it was just me. Uh, I was doing everything, all the customer service calls, all the editing, photo shoots. Over time, actually, the first person I ever hired, and he's been with me for you know almost the whole time, two and a half years now. Um, uh, it was He it was an ad admin, an administrator. So, so he's been at the last two years, 60 hours a week. This dude is a machine. He doesn't even take vacation. <laughs> and my first hire to handle all the back end stuff, you know, because I was in the office for hours every single day doing back end, just following up with people, sending out invoices, following up with invoices. Hey, you're going to pay the $12 remaining on your take pass. Uh, so I've handed all that work off to someone. I hired him. I trained him myself. And then after a while, I'm like, okay, let's spend even less time in the office. So I hired an editor. I found someone I hired and trained myself. Um, I didn't go with a uh, an editing agency or anything. <clears throat> and then, you know, so we just keep feeding him photos. Uh, that was the second hire. Third hire was the photographer. Um, and then, you know, over time, uh, last summer, I had a cold caller full-time Um 40 hours a week all she did was she would cold call, call i got a list of every single there's thirty thousand licensed real estate agents in massachusetts wow so we called all of them yeah we call all of them and uh i was getting like one or two new clients a week out of just that um and who else i have a guy that i call for virtual staging so yeah it's a nice built up a nice team over the last couple of years that's super cool so yeah i It's great. It's really good. Um, As far as quality of life goes, I got no complaints. Um, Over the winter, because like I said, when we're really busy, I have to jump in and still do a lot of the work. Over this past winter, I haven't had to work more than a couple hours a day just because of the you know, the system. And we, we can talk about how that actually functions. Cause there's a, there's a big system that I put together behind this. Like my booking is automated. Yeah. Go for um, it. <laughs> are you sure? All right. <laughs> yeah, of course all right, we can go for it. How much time do you have? As much
0: as you want, man.
1: <laughs> as much. All right. For the long haul. Okay. So everyone books with me online. Uh, it used to be phone calls, text messages, emails. Hey, you got Wednesday at five o'clock. No, I can't do Wednesday. Can you do Thursday? Hold on. Let me check with the seller. No, the seller can't do Thursday. Could you do Friday? Oh, Friday works, but at 2 p.m. Can we do 2 p.m.? Like that whole ridiculous back and forth exchange with everyone. For sure. I don't have to do anymore at all. I refer them to my booking link or to my website where you can also find the booking link. Uh, I use an applica- application called Calendly. You can find it at Calendly.com, and um, when you see the calendar, you choose your appointment type that you need. You choose the day, the time of day. Uh, you enter the appointment information, you know the address, your name, all that good stuff. Pay a booking fee up front. I take a $100 booking fee for anyone that wants to confirm an appointment with me, uh, and the booking fee is your cancellation fee if you cancel on, on the last minute or reschedule on the last minute. And uh, my photographer instantly gets that update in the calendar. And, you know, I don't have to tell him anything. He just sees it. I have it set up. So he also gets text message reminders. So we don't have any problems with like, well, I thought you were going to take it or, or, you know, nothing like that. So photographer shows up um, at the appointment, does the photo shoot. Um, when the appointment ends, I get an automated reminder that says, Hey, this photo shoot should be done by now. Uh, check in with the agent. Two minute phone call. I call the agent, say, Hey, how was the photo shoot? So I can still keep my you know my face on the business. Yeah. Um, and that also solves that prevents a lot of problems from even happening, getting that little that short little one on one time. Um, so you know, I update my notes in the CRM the photographer goes home or wherever he goes to upload photos notifies my editor in the group chat editor downloads starts working when he's done he uploads to the admin notifies the admin in the group chat admin takes the photos puts together the listing website the invoice and sends the package out to the agent and that all happens without me having to really do anything at all like i'm getting notifications on my watch and yeah. you know i'll check my emails and like oh look there's new photo shoots but it just kind of happens now Um, a lot of the clients that I have are repeat clients. So Mm -hmm. if I got a new client today, the odds of him staying with me for the rest of that person's career are really, really high. So they only, I only need to like sell them once on wanting to work with me. And then they just automatically book every single listing with, with me on and it just happens. That's super cool. Yeah. It's like super efficient, man.
0: Yeah. That's like,
1: yeah, yeah, it is saves time. A lot of time.
0: That's like uh, a lot of people don't do that. They don't go into like uh, automation because I feel like that's that's like the easiest way to kind of make your life a it's lot super easier. super easy
1: and it's super, super cheap. Like the CRM that I use is free. The Calendly app that I'm using, it's like $12 a month for the premium enterprise mm-hmm. thing. Um, my CRM is, is free unless I said that already. Have you ever heard of Zapier? I don't think so. No. All right. So you should check it out later. It's called Zapier.com, Z A P I E R. Okay. I think. And Zapier is all about connecting applications to each other. So I will use Zapier. And I have podcast episodes just on this. I think one of my more recent ones, I kind of just walked through this exact process I'm walking through now, but in greater detail. But with Zapier, you can get these programs to talk to each other really efficiently and usually instantly. So when my Calendly appointment, a new appointment comes in, like I said, how I get an automated reminder and it goes to my photographer's calendar. uh, That's happening with what's called a Zap. So with Zapier, you log into your different accounts and set up a Zap, which says if this happens, then you do that. And then if this happens, then you do that. And it just runs through this process. So, you know, it adds new contacts to my uh, Google Contacts. I, I have an iPhone, but I use Google Contacts for everything because I'm using G Suite for my email and and um, and documents and and, and all that. Um, and then when I when I have that zap, so a new appointment comes into my phone if that person calls me or if I need to call them, I just look their number, their name up in my contacts. Oh, that's super cool. Right. And it pops up. Yeah. So if it's a new client, I've never worked with this person before they call me with a question. I see their name on the phone so I can pick up and say, Hey, Stacy, how are you? How's the photo shoot or or whatever? Um, and yeah, people love it. They, people think that like I have this insane memory (laughs) and that, you know, I never forget anything and I always know, but it's, the reality is, is that I'll meet these people in person and I'll introduce myself to them like they're a stranger and they'll be like, uh, you know me, we've worked together for <laughs> the last six months. I was like, Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I'm so silly. Ha ha ha, ha. <laughs> But, but really I'm just letting technology do all that work for me. Yeah.
0: And then these companies that you're like, um, like. I guess giving a shout out or like recommending. Have you actually tried to contact yeah. them to see if they can be sponsors of your podcast?
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I have. Uh, and so far, no. No. Okay. <laughs> I do have people. I do have people reaching out about sponsorships. I'm actually negotiating on a sponsorship right now uh, with a photography company, not a, you know, not the technology that I'm using. Yeah.
0: And how long have you been? You started the podcast like a year or two ago? How long ago has it?
1: Yeah, it was two years ago, yeah. a little bit more than two years ago. It's called The Full-Time Real Estate Photographer. Uh, I published a book of the same name. It's on, it's on Amazon. Uh, you can find the book by searching full-time real estate photographer or my name. But if you search my name, then you'll see the other books that I published. But only one of them is, is the one I'm talking about, the photography book. Um, yeah, started two years ago. Basically, once I had put this system together, so work just started kind of happening without me. Um, you know, I realized, hey, I have some time, some downtime during the day. Uh, what would be a fun new project to get into? So uh, I really enjoy podcasts. I listen to podcasts constantly, podcasts and audio books all, all the time. So I thought, why not? share some of the things that I've learned um and I even have people I've interviewed a couple listeners for, you know a couple audience members I've had on for interviews I've interviewed um paying clients of mine to get some insight into like what a real estate agent is looking for in yeah. a real estate photographer and how they found me and how that whole uh, relationship got started um and I also have a lot of just just me kind of talking through um different aspects of the business uh if i could pull up a list of the episodes if you wanted to yeah get go to for an it yeah because i
0: because i i listened to a few <laughs> really i try to see like your oldest episode you um i try to the see oldest your
1: oldest published one is, is getting clients right now
0: yeah that's the one that i was listening to um yeah because i try to that's, see like your first first episode but i guess it's not available on spotify anymore
1: but one and episode two i unpublished oh okay what were you saying? I, oh. Did you have a question? Oh, when, yeah. a,
0: when you were an agent, did you hire photographers or did you do all the photography yourself?
1: I did. Yeah. I, well, at first I did. And at I, first I'd hire other photographers. And then that's when I, I got into it on my own afterwards. Um,
0: what did you look for when looking for a photographer?
1: Yeah. The first thing that I did was I would ask um, other real estate agents that I knew if they had a photographer that was good. And then you know I'd get some names. I'd look them up online and and i'd reach out to them and say hey i've got this listing coming up what's your price and can i see some of the work that you've done um that's what i did to find photographers so i basically i would just look for you know the best value for the price
0: Mm. and and what's like around the average like like uh price that you charge for your services
1: my average ticket is around 300 um but we do a lot more than just photo shoots now. So we have stills, we have uh, drone photos, we also do a lot of video, real estate videos, uh, drone videos. We do virtual tours, floor plans. Oh, we cool. do 360 photos for social media posts. We do listing websites for just about everybody. Uh, you know, and there's more like, you know, client testimonials. We do basically everything. Um, and recently in this past year, I started getting into doing. Uh, business portraits for the real estate agents. Oh, that's smart. uh, You know, for the business cards and for their website. Yeah. So when I said we almost only do real estate photography, it's real estate photography, 99%, and then 1%, like, you know, some portraits here and there for clients.
0: That's super cool. Have you ever had, like, a difficult client? (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. (gasps) There's a few episodes that I... uh, What was the last one that I... Actually, I even told a story in, I think it was episode 37, the advertising and marketing.
0: Okay. I haven't gotten that far yet.
1: Systems. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a client who was actually a pretty high end client. I think when it was all said and done, it was like 3000 plus worth of invoices uh, off of like one project or, or two projects. And I deliver everything electronically. So when the photos are done, like I just described really brief, the the photo shoot process, Mm -hmm. you know, my admin sends everything out. He'll send a link to your Google Drive uh, with all the photos for the listing that they can download from. I have typed instructions in the email how to do it. And I also have hyperlinked a YouTube video that I made a two minute long tutorial that's like click here, click here, click here, click download. Mm -hmm. And then you now have the photos on your machine. I sent it all out. So the job was done and then the client is like okay um can we get it on a thumb drive <laughs> normally i don't do like that's not a normal part of my business i never you know send out thumb drives but for this particular client i was like you know what i'll help you out you want a thumb drive i'll send you a thumb drive so i went out i bought a couple eight gigabyte or whatever 16 gigabyte thumb yeah. drives and uh I started loading them up and then I asked them over an email, Hey, um, what do you want me to put on this? Do you want everything or not? And, and one of the parties, one of the people that was, you know, it was a business that hired me. So one of the people okay. that was interacting with me said, no, no, just the virtual staged photos, the virtually virtual staging, uh, cause it's another product. We offer virtual staging. I said, okay, it's weird, but that's what you want. So I mailed that over They get it, and they're like, no, no, we meant we wanted all of them, but we didn't want to pay for the virtual staging. And I'm like, okay. So now I realize problems are starting. Actually, we sort it out. But what happens was this client found my book on Amazon and wrote a one-star book review. Wow. Because they were mad about this mix-up with the photos and the thumb drives. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I actually replied to it. It's a public... uh, comment on the book review um but basically i was like you know this is a business complaint that you've filed as a book review on a book <laughs> yeah um,
0: it's you know, and
1: then i briefly went over the explanation for anyone coming across it and then i said and by the way when you take a look at uh this is an important lesson to learn from chapter 27 or something whatever chapter it was on sure. uh, managing client expectations And I also referred people to my podcast episode on dealing with tech challenged clients. Yeah, Um, yeah, I have a whole episode on people that (laughs) the stupid things that people say and do when it comes to dealing with technology. And well, you say it's not really people. I mean, these are normal everyday people, but a lot of real estate agents, like your average real estate agent nationwide is like a 50 something year old female a lot of real estate agents are going to have a problem with technology at some point. Um, Not for lack of intelligence, obviously, but it's mostly because of time, you know, all this technology came out in the last 20 years, less for some things. And they just haven't really had the same amount of time as like you and I would have to learn it and figure things out. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I give them a little benefit of the doubt um, at first and, Part of what I talk about in that episode and in the book uh, is, you know, I make videos, I do type text tutorials, and I'm super patient with people when they call with stupid, stupid ass <laughs> questions like, okay, a business portrait customer called me and said, hey, there's something wrong with the photo. And I was like, oh, crap, what is it? Like, what could be wrong? You know, three people check it before it's it sent out. Yeah. And she says, well, I'm trying to put it in my Gmail signature and it's not showing up. <laughs> you know when you set up an email signature on your, e- what? Yeah. On your email client mm-hmm. she couldn't she couldn't figure it out so she called me to help <laughs> and i was like okay um this is not real estate photography but i still you know gave her a couple pointers mm-hmm. i had a client say that she sent her a photo in to be put onto her website and it wasn't working And she's like, I don't know what the problem is. My tech guy says, it's not good. You have to send me a new photo. I'm like, what are you talking about? Can you send me the photo and let me see? So she forwards me the email and she took somehow her portrait and attached it as a PDF to the email that she sent to her tech guy. And I'm like, well, I sent you a JPEG. I don't know what this is. (laughs) But, you know, it's like that's the mild stuff. Like I've had people call and scream at me and, and argue about ridiculous, ridiculous things. Uh, you, you you never know if you're going to get somebody in a bad day or not. My, my attitude is that you have to deal with them as positively as you possibly can. I never engage people or yell back or I don't get flustered at all. I'm just like, okay, if this is the situation, uh, what do you want me to do about it? Do you want me to fix it for you? Or do you want to just yell at me? Because you can do that by yourself. I'm going to hang up. (laughs) Um, it's rare, though. It's real rare. The, that's like maybe twice a year. Something like that happens. Okay. Do you release the pictures after you get paid or before you get paid? Unfortunately, before. And I say unfortunately because I think I even said something earlier, like someone not paying their invoice $12 over six months. So yeah. I take a booking fee at first, up front, which is good. I'm glad I started doing that. Uh, but most of my invoices are much higher than the $100 booking fee, not a hundred percent, but almost all of them, which means we send out a invoice with the remaining balance, whatever it may be. Um, And I send them out after because I've had, there was a point where I took all payments up front. uh, But there was some lag time sometimes between the agent getting to pay the invoice and then getting the photos from when they were done. Some agents will have a really busy day. The listing is like, it needs to be posted right now. And they're not going to be in the office for another five hours or whatever. And they don't want to have to wait. So they're all upset. I got sick of dealing with that. So now I do it this way. uh, But I'm thinking about switching back. Honestly, (laughs) I am sick and tired of chasing money. And and like short money too. It's like not worth my time at all.
0: Mm. So to, to kind of bring up the mood. What are some success stories that you've had?
1: <laughs> tons of tons of success stories. I've had clients that uh, I've had clients that insist on paying me. That they're like, "No, look, you know, your prices are so good; they're way too low. I'd pay more if you wanted me to pay more." Um, that's like more than fifty percent of my client base. Like super loyal, super friendly people. They invite me to parties and stuff. I go to real estate events all the time. Um, I have some higher, uh, higher end clients, not well, high volume clients, not necessarily listing like multi million dollar properties, but, you know, two or three listings a week. And these people like they invite me out to lunch. I go to the holiday parties. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And, you know, as you build these relationships over time. Uh, the business just keeps getting better and better every single year. Income has gone up significantly. I mean, my first year I started calendar year, but the first twelve months that I was in business, I broke six figures, and then it's just been up ever since. So it's it's kind of fun and funny to talk about like the the crappy people, but yeah, overall the business has been really good to me.
0: That's awesome, man. And um, before we close out, can you give people like a taste of like your podcast or so, like what are some tips? Some like five <laughs> tips you would give to uh like someone that wants to
1: start a real estate five tips you know what I actually have I could I, I'll look it up later but I'm 90 percent positive I have an entire hour-long podcast on just I think I call it pro tips yeah um, things like well first off if you have no interest in real estate photography but you do go to people's homes or you interact with other people on a regular basis um, a lot Uh, this can, this can still apply. So I pay a lot of attention to my physical appearance and my demeanor when I'm interacting with clients, because I want to represent, um, you know, a certain, uh, brand to these people. I want them to know that, uh, it's okay if I'm interacting with their clients. I want them to know that I can be pleasant with them as well and friendly and approachable. And that I always have a really good put together appearance. I'm not going to photo shoots in a suit, but I'm usually like business casual, even in the winter time when everyone's in their big puffy jackets, uh, actually not for you guys, right? Yeah. yeah I the West coast, yeah. but here in new England, everyone starts looking like, uh, like penguins or Oompa Loompas. just all wrapped up. Um, I will still um, try and be as like fashionable as possible. Uh, so when people see me and then talk about me afterwards, because they always do, they're not thinking anything. They're like, wow, this guy is great. He did a great job, really friendly. Um, I also script a lot of my interactions too. Uh, when I start all of my office presentations and when I first enter a home and greet a, a seller, the, the person that lives at the house, I'll introduce myself. I'll say hello. My name's Tom Vargelletis, and I'll be your real estate photographer today. Um, it usually goes over well in office presentations. People kind of I get a chuckle out of them. And then uh, when I'm in front of a person, instead of just getting back to work, I'll acknowledge them and I'll I'll give them a little bit more of my attention and say you know kind of explain what's going to happen. Because um, a lot of people this is the first time or second time they've ever sold a house, and you know they're kind of nervous about the process. So I make sure to give people time and attention so that they feel comfortable with me and that they feel good about the job. That's Mm -hmm. like tip number one. That's the most important thing that you can do because it's going to keep them coming back. Um, what else? I buy used everything. I buy used that I can. Some some, with some except like memory cards, hard drives, always new. Um, Drones, always new. Uh, But usually everything else you know, 50% of retail. Like I always have to, when I see a new camera, like the one DX three is now available for pre-order something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I take a look at that and I say, well, I could give Canon $7,000 or I could give myself $5,000 and then get a camera or whatever piece of gear of gear. That's going to do exactly what I need it to do that. I'm going to use that to make even more money with down the road. And then, you know, maybe I'll take that five grand and I'll put it in the bank or I'll go on a vacation or, or you know, whatever. It's it's so important in business to generate profits and to hang on to that money. Anyone can say, yeah, I made, you know, I, I made $200,000 last year. But if you have nothing in the bank, how much did you really make? Yeah. You know, <laughs> and a lot of, you know, you get the gear acquisition syndrome. You want to buy stuff. Uh, you start making a little bit of money, especially if it's your first time with money. Like that's the most dangerous thing ever because you don't get a financial education at school. You often don't even get it at home, or the education that you do get is to be a consumer. That's actually one of the books that I wrote. It's called "You You Are a Business," and I I talk about this a lot in the other book. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like business thinking and decision making is is the next is pro tip number two you know have a good uh presentation physical presentation for people and make intelligent financial decisions for your business because the point of business is not just to do business for the sake of it it's to have a better quality of life to have a higher level of income than you could ever have working for someone else um and about improving yourself so but i should end it there so i don't you know (laughs) keep on going for another hour yeah um but yeah podcast episodes are like i go into all that kind of stuff and i go in real deep like i really like to break things down in the army we used to call it break it down ba- we used to say break it down barney style
0: nice <laughs> um because yeah because like that's one of the things i like about your podcast and it's very thorough like I, I feel like that's very i feel like a lot of people just touch upon things but they don't really like go into much detail and you like really go into detail
1: Yeah, it's a, you know, audio is a tough medium to work in. Uh, So I want, I I script just about all of my episodes where it's me solo um, or, you know, I have a punch list of things that I have to cover and I really want to share the information in a way that you can listen to an episode and you say, okay, I get it and you take it and you can start doing it and actually start to see more profits or, you know, less time stuck in the office or. You know, more more money in your pocket because instead of buying that new thing, you bought the used one instead. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to share actionable lessons because that's what business is about. It's about taking actions.
0: So um, as we're closing out, so like you said, you have two books. Do you want to talk about them uh, briefly or do you want to just actually have three books? Name? So, so three the books.
1: first book I ever published is called um, Your First Year in Real Estate because my first year in real estate uh, was really bad. And I was like, how can I make this not be a complete waste of my life, a year of my life? Um, I basically, I did really well in the first like three months, like right away, I just started closing deals and and I had just come out of a government job where I'm used to getting paid every 15 days, no matter what happens. So I had the same kind of mental attitude when it came to my real estate commissions and I started spending that money as if it was going to keep on coming forever. Um I bought all kinds of stupid crap, like a $2,000 coffee maker. I got two cars. Like It was stupid. It was so dumb. Shit that I don't even use anymore. It's still just like sitting in the other room collecting dust. It's awful. <laughs> um, and then I made $0 for the rest of the year. So three months, really, really good. And then uh, nine months, zero. Uh, it was awful. I was borrowing money. I was selling stuff. Um, I kind of figured out what I was doing wrong and why I got connected with people that actually knew what they were doing. And then my whole, my second year I made, uh, I don't know. I closed like $15 million in sales volume, something like that. It was like a total one eighty. Uh, so you, for your first year in real estate is like, don't make the mistakes that I made my first year and here's what you need to do to do as good as I did in my second uh, year. Cool. Like, yeah you know a lot just a lot of business tips and and how to work the real estate scene uh, you're a business uh, analogizes a business and compares it to a person because a business and a person are legally very, very similar, almost indistinguishable by the rule of law. And businesses also behave in the community in a very similar manner as a person. A business has a phone number. It has a home address. Mm. Um, A person has a product, which instead of physical products on a shelf, your product is your labor, your work. And then a business will trade a product for money, and a person will trade their product, their labor, for money as well. So there's a lot of, like, you can analogize these things similarly. However, a business financially behaves very different than a person, person like your average person is taught to consume and spend money. Like what's the first lessons you're taught about life as a, as a kid, you know, you want to get a good job. You want good credit. (laughs) What does good credit mean? It means debt. (laughs) Your parents literally tell you get into debt and then go work for someone else, make him $500 an hour. He's going to pay you $20 an hour. And then, you know, charge that TV and all in your Disney plus on a credit card, like (laughs) not very good lessons, but a business is entirely different. Businesses are watching their bottom line. They're making really intelligent financial decisions. And people that own businesses that are successful and doing business have a way better lifestyle than people that do not. So I'm like, as a person, if you start to think of yourself and behave more as a business, you can drastically improve your quality of life. That's your uh, a business. Mm-hmm. Um, full-time real estate photographer is like A to Z. I start from making the decision, should I even get into real estate photography, to goal setting, to buying your first sets of gear, getting your first customers. I walk you through presentations, how to make the connection and build your pipeline up. Um, and I also get into automation and technology. And then I get into hiring, training staff and how you deal with them, how you make decisions about that. It's just, It's everything you need to know from you know starting at ground zero uh, starting at zero which is kind of like what i did um to getting to where i'm at now
0: that's cool man like uh, it's like super cool to hear like your whole story cuz like um, cuz when you hit oh, me up thank you yeah when i hit you up on uh or well, when you hit me up uh via the the gmail or us um the podcast i was just like who is this guy i was like <laughs> but uh but hearing your story like it's it's really nice to hear all like your success and like all your troubles and stuff and how you overcame them. And like, just, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, no matter what you get into, even if you're not in business, even if you just get a W2 job with somebody else, like you're going to have problems. You can't really get away from it, but if you approach it with the right kind of a mindset, the problem is easier to deal with. It doesn't have the same kind of like anxiety effects on you as it does afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, when you know how to really fill up a pipeline of business to just keep the business coming, you can lose a client or have those really nasty conversations with someone and say, well, I don't need you. So, bye, you <laughs> yeah. know, put them on the, when, on the podcast where I talk about my CRM. I, I tag people. So, like, if you need a business portrait, I'll tag you as business portrait. Um, if you don't pay your invoices or if you're a problem client of mine, I'll tag you as deadbeat. So when I send out my mailers and stuff, I filter all the deadbeats out, okay, because uh, I only want to focus my attention on good clients.
0: Yeah, for sure. And uh, where can people find you?
1: Uh, you can find me on Instagram at tvargeletis. It's T V A R G E L E T I S. I'm sorry, but that's the name that I was given. <laughs> uh, I know it's tough to spell. Um, you can, you can find the podcast on any major podcasting app. So we syndicate it out to Spotify and Apple podcasts and, and, uh, I host it with an anchor, um, which is a podcasting thing. But So any major podcast app you can, you can find just search full-time real estate photographer. Sometimes I think I'm one of two dedicated real estate photography, uh, specifically real estate, not architecture or anything else. Podcasts mm-hmm. like in the world so it shouldn't be that hard to find Mm -hmm. uh search the same name on amazon to find the books or or my name
0: and then uh when can people uh how can people look you up on like uh what's your website
1: my website i have a bunch of garbage websites honestly like (laughs) i I put most of my time to to, when i'm focusing on getting clients it's going to be uh through office presentation um so 100% of the clients that I have today did not call me off of a website. Like they didn't Google okay. search me or anything. They didn't see an ad. It's me doing a presentation in front of an office and then referrals from those people who I've ever presented to. Um, so there's no emphasis on my websites no at all. I don't want to even direct you to the website cause it looks like garbage. I'm actually working with a programmer right now to improve it. Um, okay. But really your best, your best shot is like find me on Instagram uh you can find the podcast. I have links in all the show notes to every episode. So you can email me or find me on Instagram there. I have my Insta link and the book link is there as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. So uh we want to thank you for being on the episode today. And uh thank you. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Hopefully we can work together again soon. And uh anything else I hope you so. want to say, John? Yeah, man. It's like, you know, it's mind blowing. <clears throat> it's very informative, you know. It makes me
1: wanna start my own business. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but like you're like a real go-getter, you
1: know, you, like <laughs> you can't anybody can do it. I mean, the, <laughs> well, it, you know, I'll, so a lot of people get that impression, but really all I want to do is sit around and drink beer and play video games. <laughs> so basically every decision that I make in my business is like, how can I maximize profits and my personal <laughs> time so I can do what I want to do what I find this important. Um, so does it make me a go-getter I don't know I'm just I'm just finding ways to give myself more time more free time yeah that's awesome The most and, important asset we have it's, you know the one thing that's in limited supply
0: that is true so if you want to check out uh, Thomas or Tom you can check them out at you said T Lettuce on Instagram
1: T Lettuce on Instagram or if you don't want to spell all that out <laughs> I I feel you. Just search full-time real estate photographer in your podcasting app. Any episode will have contact info for me if you want to look me up.
0: Yeah, and then you can also, uh, we'll be tagging um, Tom on our post on Instagram. Uh, If you want to check out Jonathan's Photography, uh, you can check him out at uh, The Shake and Bake. You can check me out at Mike Ballesteros Photo. And you can check out the Instagram of our podcast at Bokeh Time Pod. And if you want to just say what's up to us, or if you want us to communicate with... uh, thomas and get you guys connected uh you can send us an email to bokeh time at gmail.com thank you for having us and we'll catch you on the next one